Hey, Sean Gaby here. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Hey everyone, Sean Gaby here with the Supernatural Leadership Podcast, talking about the difference between principle-led leadership and presence-led leadership. We all have a leader within. Why not make that leader a little more supernatural? Enjoy today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome again to another Supernatural Leadership Podcast episode. My name is Sean Gaby, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm just so thankful for everybody that tunes in uh, for each episode uh, every month, whether you're watching on YouTube, whether you're listening on all the or many of the variety of uh, podcast platforms out there, wherever you find yourself, so thankful that you're here with us. Please don't forget to rate. Don't forget to write a review. It really helps us. Um, don't forget to to make some comments, like it on YouTube, subscribe to our relatively new YouTube channel if you haven't already. And uh, we just love to hear from you. We love to hear. I just heard recently from somebody about how thankful they are for the activations after every episode and how they've been applying these activations to their leadership, how it's been changing their leadership. I love hearing stories like that. Please let us know how these episodes are impacting your life. I'm so thankful that I get the opportunity to, uh, you know, introduce to you new guests, have amazing revelatory chats, uh, have some powerful conversations. As you know, um, you know, there was a season when it was just me doing my own content. Then I started to actually bring guests into the mix and still, still I'm going to do content. Um, but I've been focusing a little bit more on the bringing guests in. So that's kind of been the the theme in the last season, but I'm just so thankful for some of the many faces that we've had and such powerful, powerful conversations. And so if you haven't listened to uh, uh, some of these, these episodes, you got to go back, go back and listen to a whole bunch because I know that they'll really impact your leadership. We believe here as a, as a podcast that, you know, everyone has a leader within. So let's make that leader a little more supernatural, but without further ado, we have a, a special guest with us and um, his name is Seth Dahl. And uh, I'm going to read his bio before I bring him on. I'm going to read his bio. And then we're going to dive into an amazing conversation about probably about a topic that we've never really had discussed here before on this podcast. So Seth Dahl is a worldwide speaker to parents and children uh, and creator of Designing God's Home Academy, a three-month intensive for parents to build their home in partnership with God. He is also the founder of Jesus on Every Screen empowering churches, ministers, and kingdom businesses to effectively harness social media and reach more people with the gospel. So Seth Dahl, what is going on, man? So good to have you on here. It's so good to be here. I'm happy to be here. I think you and I met, I'm going to guess, I think it was 2018. I could be wrong. I think so. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we were part of a leaders network out of based out of LA. Um, and uh, I think we were meeting in Glendale at the time. And yeah. uh, I know we probably didn't connect that much, but there was so many people you kind of, you know, there associate so a little bit, interact with a little yeah. bit, but yeah, I just remembered you and I've actually, you know, I have friends and some of our leaders, even from our own church on our, on our leadership team, absolutely love you and love what you're about. And, you know, they were a part of a, a church over in Washington that you came and did a lot of stuff with uh, Alvin Chun actually. Oh yeah. And so, yeah. So, you know, they, they really love your, your, your teaching and, uh, your, your way, what you do, what you're about. And so I'm excited to have you on here and chat about some of that stuff, man. I know you, you got a new book out that we'll talk about yeah. later. Um, you have a, an amazing masterclass and really, you know, before we get into your stories, I want to do want to get into your story, uh, your leadership journey story, your supernatural leadership journey story. You have a very interesting mission that you have a desire and passion for raising up dare I say like godly parents, parents that lead us in a supernatural way, raising up supernatural kids and, and, you know, just, just, you have a really an amazing niche, I would say ministry, so many healing ministries out there, prophetic ministries and all these different types of ministries. And you do all of that, but in the context of raising up kids and, and, um, you know, pouring into parents. So I'm thankful. I mean, one parent to another, I have four kids. How many kids do you have? Three. 13, Three kids. 13, 11, and seven. Okay. Awesome. Mine yeah. somewhat similar. I have four, but 14, 12, 11, and seven. So actually yeah. we're, we're pretty we're close. Pretty close. Yeah. I just got one extra. So bring us into a little bit of your supernatural leadership journey. Like where did the supernatural touch your life? 
Did you always believe in Jesus? What happened to you? What was your, what's your story? Yeah. Well, to make a long story short, the first time I remember the supernatural touch in my life, I was five years old and oh. I could not tie my shoes. I was like the only kid in class that didn't know how to tie my shoes. And one day in kindergarten, we, after recess, we would take naps and I lay down to take a nap with both my shoes untied. And after I fell asleep, I have this dream and father God walks up to me in a dream, shows me how to tie my shoes. And then I wake up, wow. I look at my shoes, they're untied. So I, I just sit up and tie my shoes for the first time ever. What? Went home, showed my mom. She's That's like, wild. how did you learn to tie your shoes? Because we've been te trying to teach you how to do this. And you, I said, well, I had a dream. And God came wow. to me in a dream. So that was the very first time I remember. like. So go back to that for a second. Yeah, that's crazy. That's actually mm -hmm. really cool. You remember as a five-year-old, did you have actual language to say to your parents, like, I had a dream at five years old. God came yeah. to me like, is that, is that how you actually languaged it? Like you had that I reference think point. So. Like That's I can, wild. I remember the dream. I remember talking to my mom and telling her, like, I had a dream. God showed me something like that. Wow. Was what I said. She was shocked. She was just as shocked as, as I was. Wow. So God but, came to you at five. Then what happened? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then you know, I went to a Christian school my whole life. I like to say I learned a lot about the Bible, but I didn't learn a lot about the author. And so growing up, my parents were divorced. I think my parents were divorced before I was even one. So I lived with my mom alone for a long time. And then at nine, she got remarried. Uh, but in high school, I started just smoking weed. And then it turned into Coke. Then it turned into meth then it turned into ecstasy and then just a combination of everything all at the same time so in during that time actually i had a couple supernatural encounters as well where like people would smoking crack in my house and i would i would take the crack pipe to smoke it and two or three times as soon as i'm about to put the crack pipe to my mouth i hear this voice say don't you do that Wow. And I would have visions of my mom praying for me. And I'm like, my mom is praying for me. God is talking to me. I can't, I can't do this. I had other friends that were like, bro, wow. my dad had a dream last night that we were all in an apartment and we got a jar full of pills and we started eating the pills and everyone just dropped dead. And I was wow. like, dude, that's God trying to tell us something. And he's like, I know, I know. So I, I even on drugs, I was having all these moments with god but i don't know if like any of those really changed my leadership they were more like god going hey i want your attention i want you out of this lifestyle yeah. and and that's the goodness of god right i mean even in our junk in our yeah sin in our dysfunction like we still have an ability to be aware that god is there i mean yeah. you were aware because you had some sort of context other people might not have language for who they are aware of but they're aware that yeah. there's a divine intervention happening at some level yeah so at least you had language for what that divine intervention was yeah i knew who it was it's not that god was permitting you doing all those things but his goodness leads us to repentance right his goodness was still all around you yeah. revealing that hey he's still like around he's omnipresent yeah. he's with you even in your dysfunction yeah even if I make my bed in hell, he's there. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened next? Like what, what was the, how'd you get out of that? Yeah. Well, I finally got to the place where like I had this really good job at a really nice restaurant and it was the only thing kind of keeping me normal. Like everything else was just drugs, selling drugs, doing drugs. And I get fired from my job one day out of nowhere. And I was like, so brokenhearted. I went home, stuck a gun in my mouth, was about to pull the trigger when I, I started like talking to myself saying, I wish I would have just listened to my parents. I wish I would have just listened to my pastors. I wish I would have listened to my teachers. 
And then out of my mouth, I hear myself say, I wish I could just be born again. Wow. And I, I, it's like I heard it come out and I knew, whoa, that that's from the Bible. And I feel somebody walk into the room and I hear a voice. I don't know if it was out loud. I don't know if it was it. It sounded out loud, but it may have been internal. And he says, you must be born again. And I said, Jesus, if you're real and you can make me born again, you got to do it or I'm wow. pulling the trigger. Wow. And I started weeping and I fell asleep weeping, confessing all my sins. It was like the sins were forcing their way out of me. And I woke up the next day totally delivered. Like no, wow. no relapse, no withdrawals, no, nothing, just totally free. Wow. And so that was how I got out of that. Um, a couple of days later, I ran into a friend who's like, Seth, I'm a youth pastor now. I'm like, Josh, I'm a Christian now again. And again, <laughs> he had a, yeah, awesome. again, because as a <laughs> kid, awesome. I was like, yeah, I wanted to follow God, you know, I, right, I loved right, right. him. And, um, so I ended up at his youth awesome. ministry, like sharing my testimony, ministering to kids. And this was before the week was out. Like I'm not even barely saved and I'm right already in a different world. So that's kind of like, yeah, that's, that's a bit of the story in a nutshell. That's awesome, man. I so mean, there's, how old were you there's when that happened? much more later. How old were you when you had sort of, you know, that, that turning point? That was 23 years old. So, okay, so right now we're at 22 years ago. I'm 45. Yeah. Awesome. That's amazing, man. So, this journey for the last several decades, um, you know, has I'm assuming been good, been challenging. You've had your ups and your downs, like every one of us here. Um, what, yeah. what, what made you passionate about what you're passionate about now? Parenting and kids and yeah. So I, when I got saved when jesus walked into the room and said he must be born again somewhere that night i told him i said if you get me out of this i will help children not go down the path that i went down wow and i heard okay. that come out of my mouth too and i was like oh okay and so then i ended up at that youth ministry helping my friend josh my mom calls me a couple months later and goes, Hey, there's this pastor from New York coming and preach at my church. You should probably come listen to him. So I was like, all right, mom, I'll come over. Cause I was going to Josh's church. So I go to my mom's church this Sunday and this guy named Bill Wilson is preaching. He had a ministry in New York city, still has a ministry in New York city. And he wrecks me. Like the stories he tells are crazy. And so I sign up for his internship in 2002 I moved to New York City from Iowa. So I think we had 100,000 people in our city, and I go to 8 million people in New York City. Right. And we started doing Sunday school. And I was not aware what I signed up for, but we reached 20,000 kids every week. We had 17 wow. teams outside on the sidewalk doing Sunday school to kids five days a week, three times a day. Wait wait, 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 wait. You had Sunday school, you said on the street? Yeah, sidewalk. What does that mean? We, what does that mean? What's sidewalk? Trucks, like, like box trucks that the whole side would flip down into a stage. So wow. we'd pull up outside of a school right when it got out, and we'd have 400 kids on the sidewalk. We put tarps out. They'd sit on the tarps, boys on one side, girls on the other. We'd have games. We'd have worship. We'd have a lesson. Wow. What age time. were these kids? And then um, anywhere from like three to 15. Man. And it so, just, so just curious, I mean, and, from a Canadian context, like you just went to any school, like parents were okay with that. Like, Hey, this, this crew of people are coming at the end of this, your, your three-year-olds, you know, kindergarten class, not even pre-kindergarten class at three years old, four years old. And they're they're okay with that. I mean, in Canadian context, that would be a little bit of a different story, probably. But yeah, it's totally. going to show um, up. Well, this was all in the ghetto, so not only did we have parents okay with their kids stopping 
after school and going to Sunday school. It was like a free after school program for their kids. Right. And they knew what they were learning. Got it. And then, but we, on Saturdays, we had 55 buses that we would drive out and pick up a thousand kids, bring them back, drop them off, pick Man. up a thousand more, bring them back, drop them off, pick up a thousand more. So we did 3000 kids on Saturday alone. And wow. they would put two and three year olds on the bus and just let us have them. Two. And so we would. Yeah. And three, I mean, two year olds, they're still like, yeah, Taking, we had whole diaper changing teams Matt, and everything. That's crazy. I know. Diaper changing teams. That's a ministry right there. We had a whole nursery. Who wants to be on the diaper changing team yeah. at church? They wouldn't let the guys do it. So it was only the girls. Man. But it was wild. Like I'd drive a bus with 60, 70 kids on it. And, you know, you're holding like three and four year olds. While you're driving. Well, not, not while you're driving okay, the like, leaders who were so riding sketchy. in the bus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so sketchy. No, the leaders riding would hold the kids Got while it. I would drive. Crazy man. Okay. So you, you were like thrown into this baptized into the ministry yeah. of loving on kids. And then I'm assuming, you, you know, you eventually, of course you had your own kids eventually mm -hmm. got married, had your own kids. But so this was like a, did you, did you, did you know what, I mean, you said you were kind of shocked. You didn't know what you were getting into, but then once you were yeah. into it, what, what was happening for you? And, and why, why do you feel like God gave you this heart? Yeah. Well, yeah, there's more to the story. So partway through a guy came and became our youth pastor and he had come from Rodney Howard Brown school in Florida. And so he starts laying hands on kids and they're like falling out and demons are coming out of kids. And I never seen anything like it. I'm like, what is this? He's, he's like, it's the Holy spirit. Wow. And so I started like learning as much as I could from him. I got really hungry. And then we uh, went to a Todd Bentley meeting. He's Canadian. And yep. he showed up in New York and my friend, Michael took me to this meeting and I'm like, what in the world is this? I got to learn this. And so I started like reading all of Todd's emails. He's recommending books and he recommended Bill Johnson's book, Supernatural Power Transformed Mind. So I bought it and I just read the thing and it messed me up so much. I think what happened for me there was I realized the way I got saved, I believed in the supernatural. I believed in the power of God. I believe God could deliver people. Like it was just in there because I got instantly delivered. And so I read this book and start following Todd Bentley and I'm like, just hungry. And so I start like trying to pray for kids, parents, deaf people on the train. I'm just trying stuff out. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just trying whatever I can, like praying we prayed for this one girl. She was getting off the bus and she goes, Seth, I won't be here next week. I have to have surgery. A piece of bone broke off my ankle, floated up into my calf, and they got to cut it out, take the bone, wow. and then reattach it down wow. below. I said, can I pray for it? Wow. So I pray for this. And the next week she shows up and I'm like, hey, I thought you had surgery. What are you doing here? She's like, oh, well, they cut my calf open and nothing was there. And so wow. they started x-raying around and they, the only thing they said was that they think the bone floated back down and reattached into my ankle. Everything's that's fine. Cool. And I was like, that's cool. Like, what? We prayed for that. She forgot we prayed, but oh, me, that's brutal. Like, like How do you forget that? Seen. That's crazy. Oh man. I know. I know. I didn't forget. I was like, I was like, girl, we, we prayed for that. I was so pumped, but that kind of, put me on a journey to go after the power of God. And so I ended up leaving New York and I went to Bethel where Bill is in Reading and eventually became children's pastor, children's director there. So I was on staff as children's pastor for 10 years at Bethel. Okay. And so that's where my heart that's amazing. for kids really developed. Now to move into parenting, I, you know, we had kids that were like from all over the planet. We had kids from the shelters in Reading. And I just got to see 
all different types of kids. Like in New York, it was all ghetto children. Like we were in the projects only, projects and shelters. But then you get to Reading and you got wealthy kids. You got kids from all over Australia, Germany, Europe, everywhere. Right. Some of them didn't even speak English when they got there. And then we had really poor kids from Reading. And I started to see the power of parents. Like wow. whatever we do here in church can be either stewarded by the parents or dismantled by the parents. Wow. And so a lot of times they were undoing throughout the week, whatever we were doing on Sunday. And that's kind of where I started to get the heart. And then um, I was at a conference in Austria with kids and parents together. And I saw these kids and parents encounter God together. Wow. And it wrecked me. And I get on the plane to come home and I start having thoughts like, I don't know if I even believe in children's ministry anymore. I start talking to God about it. He's like, Seth, you've traveled the world helping children's pastors and you've missed the most important pastors of all, the parents. You've missed the most important Sunday school. Wow. And so would you say, so let me pause you there. Would you say that yeah. then you're, you're the most, the most, the greatest component of your passion is the parental portion or is it the kids portion? Parents now. Parents now. It's definitely the parents now. It used to be kids, but if they're if the parents aren't healthy and in a good place, there's only so much the church can do. Otherwise, the kids have to start leading the parents. Okay, so would you say okay, so let's let's break this down for those that are listening, whether you're a single parent Let's let's talk about that separately. So you have single parents out mm-hmm. there, and then you have, um, you know, married uh, mar- married couples, and then maybe you have obviously other other situations where you have couples that aren't married living together or whatever. Um, let's just speak to the married couples for a second. Would you say the most important part of parenting is the health of the marriage? Yeah. Okay. Now, what would you say? is one of the greatest one of the greatest things that married couples can do to keep their marriage healthy so that in turn they can parent healthy wow i think probably learn emotional intelligence that's good because with parents with spouses in marriage you can hear the condition of the marriage and the relationship through the tone of voice, because the tone of voice reveals the emotions that are going wow. on underneath it. Wow. And that's deep. Whoa. whoa, whoa. That's good. That's, that's pot. Let's say loud there for a second. Resay that again. The okay. tone of the voice reveals the emotions, the emotions. beneath, beneath the voice. Elaborate on that. Yeah. So think about, yeah. So think about like, a dog right there's people that do this all the time they see their dog and they're like watch this he responds to my tone of voice and so they'll go oh you stupid dog you're so stupid you're such an idiot but he's like wagging his tail and all excited and then they can go i love you you're great you're my favorite dog and he's (laughs) like whoa 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 and what I've noticed with kids, wow, like I just awful. remember when I had little tiny babies looking at them and they have no grid for English at all, but we are communicating at such a deep level by looking into their eyes and them seeing my facial expression and and he, them hearing just my, I'm, I'm okay to use the word a lot of, like a religious Christian would get nervous about this, but the word energy, like they can feel our energy and what are emotions, energy, emotion. And so I, I realized like energy is the first language that every person speaks. Energy is the language that dogs speak, which means emotions are the language that kids speak, that humans speak before they learn a language, before they learn words. And so, and they can pick up on all that stuff. Kids are way more sensitive to that than adults we've numbed ourselves our entire life we've shut stuff down we've closed things off we've 
ignored things for so long, but kid shows up and they're three years old and they can tell. I know it. They can tell the condition of the marriage. They may not be able to verbalize it or, or logically think it, but they can sense something's wrong or something's everything's okay. And to Mm -hmm. a kid, if the parents aren't okay, their whole world could collapse. So this is a huge, this is a huge uh, factor in anxiety for children, I believe, is the condition of the marriage. Hey, pause, a little commercial break. If you haven't already, I want to encourage you and you're wanting to take your supernatural leadership to the next level, visit supernaturalleadership.com and join one of our on-demand courses. It is going to change the game. So many amazing testimonies already have come out of people over the years taking this course content. I wanna encourage you, sign up today. We have a special offer for you. And as well, if you wanna go even deeper and take your leadership to the next level, I would encourage you, and maybe you've already thought about this before, but getting a coach, a one-on-one mentor. Well, I have an opportunity that I wanna invite you into with myself, one-on-one mentoring and coaching. It may be a short time or even a longer time. We have many different coaching packages that we offer, and I wanna encourage you to consider this today. I believe it will take your leadership to the next level. Dream interpretation, growing in your discipleship, growing in the word, maybe even preparation for you for vocational ministry and bringing the supernatural into every sphere of society. I wanna encourage you today, click the link in the description, fill out the survey, and we'll see if coaching is a good fit for you. So if, okay, let, if let, me ask you, let me ask you a question. Let me probe you a little bit. Do you think that, do you think, Okay, so let's let's use this word tone for for example for a second, in context to somebody who is speaking with passion. Can that tone be misinterpreted as negative emotion for some? Because you have some people that are wired more, let's say, docile, more. We um, maybe use the word shy. So when they communicate, they're a little more quiet and. To the to the ear, they might sound more peaceful, but then you have people that yeah. maybe are a little more passionate, a little more expressive, and so their tone sounds a little more aggressive. Is it possible that somebody can express aggressive tone but yet be completely in peace in their emotion? Totally, but I think you can sense that as well. Like I can tell when someone's yelling for me on my behalf and yelling at you. And I can tell when someone's yelling at me yeah. or I can tell when someone's passionate. Now that doesn't mean kids won't misinterpret that. Right. Right. Like I live sure. in a place where, you know, sometimes people will say, Oh, bless your heart. And they don't mean bless your heart. They mean F you. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, bless your <laughs> maybe, heart. Maybe right? that's like, that's a Southern, that must be like a Southern, uh, <laughs> silent it's, F you. <laughs> it's totally a Southern, it's a Southern. Oh my F-U. gosh. But that's, I, I think you can, I, I think you can sense it. And I do think kids can misinterpret that. So it is important for parents to pay attention to that stuff of like, right. uh, Oh, I'm passionate and I'm scaring my kids. Right. Hmm. Or me and my wife are passionately discussing this and my wife's misinterpreting this and she feels like I'm I'm mad and I'm not. It's true. I mean, because you could be in a, I don't know if, I, I mean, I've been in, you know, all kinds of different prayer meetings in, in, in different environments and you can have, you know, contemplative prayer meetings. You can have loud abrasive. Sometimes some of the, and I've been in all of them, like you probably, Sometimes there's things yeah. that happen. I'm like, oh, that scared me. Like, I wasn't ready for that. Like, it sounds yeah. like intense, you know, and yeah. when it's not you. Only, you know, you, you don't always, yeah. you can't always discern someone else, but you, you, you hear and you judge by what you hear, what you see, and it can sound overwhelming. And so I get it. And I, and I, you know, I, I, that's, that's really a powerful way to put it. And I think that's why we need emotional intelligence because, and you said it, if we have emotional intelligence, we can discern hopefully through the tone, through the expression of whatever it is that is being said. Because, I mean, we both know in communication, yeah. I can say the same thing in two different ways and one way will be received and the other way will be rejected. 
Um, and that's just yeah. part of learning communication skills. We have a mutual friend, two mutual friends, Dr. Glenn and Phyllis Hill. To me, they're masters at this. This is their world. They are. Uh, the founders of the connection codes. We love them. Michelle and I love them, adore them yeah. uh, so much. And they've helped us understand that. And I've had them on this podcast many times and I have another one coming out with them soon. Um, but they've helped us so much in that area, navigating uh, communication uh, in emotion and connecting emotionally through communication, which yeah. I don't think often people realize they're not doing. They think they're connecting because they're communicating well, they're articulating well, they're expressing well, but they're missing each other in the emotional connection along the way, which is what parents often do with kids. And so yeah. let me just flip it back now. So you spoke to married couples, you know, married couples being healthy is a really huge part of parenting healthy. Speak to the single people out there that, you know, what do they do? So if they're not married. How do they, I mean, I grew up with a single mom. She raised me, me age yeah. five, parents divorced. So, you know, I, I understand this world very well. What does a single parent do to be healthy so they can be a healthy parent? I mean, I think making sure they're working on themselves for sure. Like if there's a divorce, there is a reason for the divorce and both people had a part to play in it. So I think for the parent who has the kids, making sure they're doing the work to get healthy. You know, a lot of times the mom is like, Hey, the reason this happened is because I had to set boundaries. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, that's actually really good. Like you're displaying to your children that you require certain, a certain level of treatment in order to be in that place in my life. And so some moms are like, wow, yeah, you needed to get out of this. You needed to show your kids this. And it's actually much healthier just that you're not in that same environment with your kid. It wasn't safe for the kid. It wasn't safe for you. Um, a lot of times it's, it's, it's both sides. So I think a parent working on themselves, like I, I just worked with a single mom for three months and like she, she was the mom that came out of the abusive marriage. Like, this is really good. You're showing your girl that you require certain things in order to be at that place in their life, in, in your life. And, but she's working on herself. She's like, how do I get better as a parent, as a single parent that works a job, has my kid, has to do all this extra stuff. And I think that's a great place to be. A lot of times, though, it's really hard because a single mom or a single dad is like trying to work, pay all the bills and be a good parent. So it's harder yeah. to work on that stuff. But I do think it's important. The healthier a parent can be, whether they're alone or married, is good. I do think, too, it's like trying to find the people that can give the children what they need so like if it's a single mom i do think it's important to like how do i find healthy men to get in my kids life my mm. boys especially how do i Good. you know and that's where church comes in that's where community comes in stuff yeah. like that so i think those are kind of important work on yourself and find other people as well pray for god to give you other people that can step in and help with some of that that's amazing now tell me one or two or one, whatever comes to mind, what was one of the most powerful turning point stories that you would say, you know, we have these like these breakthrough moments. We have these faith spike moments in our journey that kind of set a new precedent for what we're called to do. Yeah. You know, let's say for somebody in a ministry that's really focused on healing, um, they might have this one moment where they have this wild breakthrough and then everything kind of is built on that sort of framework that foundation what would be one really powerful potent transformative story that took place in this context of your life and mission that catapulted you and sort of you kind of now built everything that you've done thus far on 
could be your own parenting. I mean, that's that's the best place to start. It could be within your own parenting, yeah. something that God spoke to you, did through your own kids or. Yeah. Yeah. Huge one for me in my own parenting. I mean, I have stories that I can tell you for hours, but so our daughter was born first and all was well in the world. And then a couple of years later, we had our first son. So we have a girl, boy, boy. And the day my son was born, the first one, we were awake all night. In-laws are in town. Our daughter is super sick, throwing up. And I'm really scared that if the baby catches it, he's going to die. And I'm starting to just get mean. Like, he's only a day old. And my wife is like, she's never had to say this since, and she never said this before, but she's like, Seth, you need to go figure out what's going on. You need to go process with God, or you need to call some friends, and you need to figure out what's going on because you're not fun to be around right now, and you have to leave. And so I was like, all right. I took my journal, and I left, went to a park, called my friend, started journaling, just writing stuff out. That's how I process as a journal. I need to write stuff out. And I'm writing and talking to God. And God says, Seth, you're scared to death to be the dad to a boy. You were fine with a daughter because it's a completely unknown world for you. Dads and daughters is a completely unknown world. But dads and sons, all you know is dads aren't there. Dads are gone. And you're afraid to be a dad to a boy. And Mm -hmm. so I I was like, wow, what do I do? And he just kind of assures me like i'll help you and you you know i had i had danny silk i had bethel in my life i have good people in my life and so god just kind of showed me like you got danny in your life you got bill johnson in your life you got some really healthy people in your life but i'm gonna help you kind of like that whole thing like you couldn't tie your shoes and i helped you tie your shoes remember that wow i i'll help you with this too And so I went back to my house to my son at one day old and I put my hands on his chest. He was asleep. And I said, Hey, uh, I'm scared to be a dad to you. And I know you don't understand me, but your heart does. And I apologize for being so angry and so upset. But the reason I was is because I was afraid and I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to trust God. God's going to help me. I'm going to pull on the men around me that know what they're doing and have done this before. And son, forgive me for being so angry and so afraid, but I'm going to be here. Wow. And it, it, yeah, it kind of put me on this path. I think one thing I do differently in parenting than a lot of, other maybe anybody else does is i push into the supernatural like i teach parents how to practice god's presence how to parent with god because he's the ultimate parent like he knows exactly what everyone needs when they need it he'll interrupt us when we need to be interrupted he'll correct us he'll adjust us and and so i've had to lean on him in all of my parenting, you know, I've read a lot of books and I, I've had God interrupt me before I was going to do something from the book and give me a tool from heaven. Wow. And I used the tool that he gave me in place of the tool from the book. And it was like, wow, I'm so glad I listened to God. And mm-hmm. so I think I, I mean, all of that, that kind of initiated this whole thing of like, I need to parent with God. So let's call that, let's call that supernatural parenting, just supernatural. Exactly. For language sake, what's give us one key. I know you have many, I mean, you have a book designing God's dream home. Um, you know, in, in, in one of the experts excerpts of your book, it basically talks about, you know, this book is full of applicable, uh, mindsets and tools to experience a stress fee, stress-free cooperation from your kids without anger or feeling guilty as you discover God's blueprint for your family. So like in that context, and I encourage everybody out there to get your book and all the information will be in the description below in this episode. But in that context, like what would you give us one key 
for the parents listening out there, single parents, married couples out there, parents that are, you know, partnering together, raising kids, what would you say is one, one of the greatest keys to supernatural parenting? Okay. Including God and the parent. I know it's a loaded question, but give yeah. us something. Give us something to hold on to. So I've been thinking about this a ton lately. I used to, when I lived in New York, I would teach people how to drive the buses. And one of the things you have to do when you're learning to drive a bus is prove to the instructor that you are very present to everything going on around. And if you're not, you fail the test and you're not driving kids anywhere. I I think it directly applies to this. So wow. here's what I would have to teach them. When you're driving a bus and you have the like the instructor from the DMV with you, you have to say, and this is literally what we would do. I'm approaching an overpass. It's 14 feet, two inches high. My bus is 10 feet, four inches high. I'm going to proceed with caution. I'm coming up to a red light. There's people on the left. There's people on the right. Pedestrians all over. I'm in New York City. I'm going to pull up to this crosswalk at a safe stopping distance and give them a lot time to, to walk. Okay, the, the light turned green. I'm going to check both ways. I'm going to make sure we're all clear, all clear from pedestrians. They've all stopped. I'm going to proceed with caution. I got a car on my left. I got a car on my right. They're coming up here. I'm going to proceed with caution. And if I had nothing to say, I would say I'm checking my mirrors and proceeding with caution. But that taught me something about parenting with God, practice living life wow. with God, wow. his dialogue instead of monologue. I mm. I I would I would love it if people had to pass a test like that in order to be trusted with kids because in a bus you don't get trusted with kids unless you prove. It doesn't matter how good you are at driving if you aren't commenting and talking to the instructor about everything that's going on, you don't pass. You automatically fail. Wow. So you could come up to one overpass, a bridge, and if you don't comment on it, it's over. Like, wow. hey, turn the bus around, take us back. You failed. You're not driving kids anywhere. And so all that to say in parenting with God, I think that conversation with God about everything internally, like, hey, Lord, I'm making breakfast for my kids, and here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm going to make them. I'm not saying like we need God to go make your kids pancakes today and don't feed them <laughs> pancakes tomorrow. I don't, I'm not saying that I'm saying, or what clothes should I wear or what? No, I'm not, none, none of that. But I am saying that constant dialogue, that con constant conversation that you're yeah. paying attention to stuff and running it past God. Like that's, that's what I learned that one day, like, Hey Lord, I'm not okay. I'm not doing good. I'm mean to my wife. I'm mean to my mother-in-law. I'm scared that my son's going to die because my daughter's sick. She's throwing up. What's happening? I know I'm tired. He goes, Seth, you're afraid to be a dad to a son. Wow. 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 I was in the middle of talking to him about what was happening, and he interrupts me and shows me what's actually going on. And I think we need that. We need that constant conversation with God to go, hey, you're the instructor. You're the one that knows what you're doing. I'm going to just be present in everything and be present to you. Yeah. Like God's present everywhere. So omnipresence we talked yeah. about before. God is present everywhere. We're not. Yeah. And we become present to him by just yeah. commenting on things like, yeah, I'm walking the dogs. Yeah. This dog is sniffing everything. I think those Every day, and this is to go back to, you know, sometimes we have these crazy encounters with God, experiences with God. I, I've had so many of those. And one time I was like, God, why do I keep having these massive ones? And they're every six months, a year, two years, spaced out. He goes, Seth, the reason you need these massive, dramatic experiences with me at, in periodic times is because you haven't learned how to have a daily relationship with me. Like, interesting oh. wow and he would just wow. show me like seth wow. you didn't learn what it was to have a daily relationship with a dad wow. i had a once a week phone call i had mm. every six months visit from my dad like that's all i knew was like wow. and he goes i want to teach you how to have a daily relationship with me so you are living in wow. an experience with me that doesn't need to be delivered from drugs wow. that doesn't need to be set free from all this unforgiveness it doesn't because you're processing that out on a regular basis all the time and so for me connected it to the bus driving like wow if i can comment to you and just interact with you at that level 
I'm, I'm listening. I'm paying attention. I'm focused on you. I'm, I'm pulling on you all the time. And I think to me, that's a huge key is to be aware mm. that he's here, he's available, and I want to include him mm. in every single thing I'm doing. That's awesome. I love that. I love that analogy. I, I, I hear you say that. And I hear if you want to be a safe parent, make God your priority. Yeah. It's like wow. the instructors with you in the, in the, if you're not consistently communicating to the instructor, yeah. the one that is rating you, the one that is judging you, the one that is you're watching over you. If you're not constantly in communication, you may not be a safe bus driver. You may not be the safe parent you're called to be yeah. for the kids that God's called you to raise up. I also think of, you know, what you're saying really is what Paul said, Paul, the apostle about praying without ceasing. Yeah. You know, it's not that Paul was 24 hours a day fasting and praying in a bedroom, right? you know, screaming at heaven or, or praying in tongues all day long. It was that he included God into his thought life, in his communication, into yeah. conversation throughout whatever it is that he was doing. That's why he could write letters from prison. That's why he could yeah. write, write letters about his suffering because he was in constant communication through it all, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. And I think that supernatural parenting using what you've just referenced is like what Paul said, pray without ceasing. It's what Brother Lawrence did, really. The yeah. book, Practicing the Presence of God, is including yeah. God in your everyday chores, your everyday life, your routines. We don't have the kind of God that is only turned on once a week on a Sunday morning. Or on yes. a Saturday night, we have a 24-hour on-tap God. Hebrews 4, verse 16 says we can approach the throne of grace to obtain mercy in time of need. That is an all-day, everyday thing. That is an yeah. invitation to engagement, communication. Why? Because we live in two places at once. We live there while we live here. And I, yeah. I think I think that is that's what I that's what I hear you say at the end of the day, is we're inviting God into it all. And yeah, I, I, it's amazing, man. I mean, I, I, I'm learning. I'm taking this. I'm, you know, I, growing up in a broken home, I think my biggest struggle is being super hard on myself as a parent. You know, feeling shame and battling with moments of shame where I'm like, ah, I'm failing as a father. Like, I, I didn't really have a lot of of a reference point to compare to. So with when you don't have a reference point. Or yeah. you'd say you have a rough reference point. Let's say it, use it yeah. like that. I think sometimes you can feel like, am I just repeating what I saw or what I didn't see? That's yeah. almost, I almost, I almost get scared of repeating things. I don't know I'm repeating rather yeah. than things that I know I'm aware of. It's almost the de deception is worse. Ignorance is worse than being aware sometimes and, 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 you know, and, and still doing it. At least you're aware yeah, you can fix it. Hopefully then you can do something about it. Do something it, yeah. about it. But when you're not aware, it's like, shoot, man. Like, and so I, I battle with this, you know, I, 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 this is my, just to be open and honest, I struggle with this as a parent. It's probably my biggest struggle. My, probably my biggest fear as a leader that I wrestle with and everybody has to wrestle is living in regret. Yeah. To be honest and open on this, on this episode, I, I struggle at times with birthdays because a birthday to me, while it's a celebration, it's a reminder that one year now has gone again. And it makes me reflect and say, Hey, did I do the best I could as a parent? Yeah. Or am I just one year closer to the conclusion of my parenting status? As in like moving out of the house, I'm now I'm empty nester. Like yeah. that's how I frame it. Now, maybe I'm, I look dysfunctional or sound dysfunctional, to the average parent out there, but that's how I, when I go into a birthday, man, I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to celebrate, but I'm like, oh shoot, did I not do enough the last year? Did I mess it up? Am I the best parent I could be? You know, so I love what you're saying. All of this say is that makes me reflect and say, okay, God, like, how can I continue? And I I try to do this the best of I, best that I can to bring you into every aspect of my parenting. Yeah. Um, powerful, man. Powerful. Yeah, I've. I'm with you. I think we all, if you're at least paying it somewhat attention, that happens. Like I know my daughter hit 13 and I'm like, Hey, Seth, she's, you got five years left. Like this is coming. 
And I, I think part of the approach I take is to go, maybe I haven't taken every opportunity perfect or I've missed some opportunities last year. What can I do this year? So I like to take birthdays and go, what can I do this year to actually grow and get better and more connected and make sure this year is better than last year? And I try to kind of go, hey, I feel that thing. How do I aim it towards something productive and not let it, you know, it's it's the emotional intelligence stuff. Like sometimes you just got to go, I feel regret. And then you, you know, you name it and tame it. And now you're not operating out of regret because you, you 100%. acknowledged it. And now you're able to see a little bit better. And so connection that's codes I, 101. Right there. Connection codes 101. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So tell us, okay, give us, um, and this has been great. This has been a really, really great uh, conversation. Give us some takeaways. Give us an activation. Like, what would you say to those listening out there? Maybe you have some leaders that aren't parents that have, you know, made it through this whole episode. I don't know. Maybe some tuned out because, hey, I'm not a parent, whether yeah. single or married, uh, uh, listening. So it doesn't apply to me. But you got maybe you have a leader on here listing on route to be a parent. You have a single parent listing. You got some grandparents listening. You got some business leaders listening, married couples listening. What would you give them as a takeaway, as an activation to apply some of what we just chatted about? Yeah. And I think this is this app, this activation is good for whether you're running a business, whether you're talking about marriage, whether you're single, whatever it is work, family, kids, all of it. I would say take seven days. And, and practice that, commenting on every single thing internally, not out loud, like just internally to God. Like, hey, I'm going to walk out to the car and I'm going to go drive to work today. Hey, I'm in work. I got this meeting coming. Lord, I'm a little bit nervous about it, but I'm going to present this thing and I'm going to show it. Hey, Lord, I'm about to have this phone call with this client. Lord, I'm going home. Wow, I feel fried. What do I need to do so that I'm not fried when I get home and see my wife and kids? Wow, my wife's fried. Lord, what do I what do I do here? Help me. I think I think the, that right there, whether whether it's at work, whether it's with the kids, whether it's with the spouse, whether it's a single mom with the kids and work, whether it's just a leader who's trying to have a more successful business, like including God in it is the best thing. So I would say take seven days and try to comment internally on as much of life as possible. Hmm. Like I've had some profound times with God when I'm talking to him about walking the dogs. Hey, I'm walking wow. the dogs. I'm just out here for a walk. Wow. The weather is really great. I'm noticing the leaves falling. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the season change. Thank you, Lord, for this weather. Thank you that I have dogs. Thank you that I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and all but of not a sudden cat, you but not find, cats, not cats though, right? Not cats. No cats too. I love cats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love dogs and cats. But like that kind of stuff. I think that's, it's those little, think about it this way. Massive doors are unlocked by tiny keys. Mm. And I think that little love interaction that. about normal stuff can unlock profound experiences with God wow. that we, we didn't love know we that. could, we were looking for at service or at church yeah. or with the worship music blasting. Like what if it happened at breakfast or what if it happened in silence or what if it happened to walk in the dogs and you're like, wow, I just had a profound moment with God Wow, walking around. I with love the that. Man. I love that. That massive doors are unlocked by, really small keys. keys. Love that. I love that. Such a powerful truth and statement that can be applied to any area of our, our leadership and life. Yeah. Um, tell us about, as we close here, you got a book designing God's dream home. You got a master class that's connected to that book. Yeah. Give us like Cole's notes, what it's about, um, what they're going to get from it. If they get it, I would encourage everybody listening. If you're a parent out here, whether you're single, you're married, um, you know, maybe you spiritually parent kids at some level, you have some sort of children element to your life, Yeah. get his, get Seth's stuff. I know it will bless you radically transform 
the way you do that, the way you parent, the way you lead. Tell us about it quick um, and, yeah. and how we go about getting it. So the book is a short read. It's like, I think it's 20 some chapters that are really short. You can read them in a few minutes and it's practical, applicable stuff for your life. One of the chapters is like, let your kids ask questions. You know, sometimes we get frustrated. The kids are asking questions, but if you just look at it like, oh, you're asking me to define reality for you. What an honor. What a privilege. Ask your questions. I'd love to answer them. Oh, instead of can you say that again? Wait, wait, wait. This is really good. <laughs> this could have been the subject matter. Yeah. You're ask when a kid asks you a question. They're I love how you, you frame to, that. You're asking yeah. me as a parent to define reality. what a privilege. That what that is such a privilege. Yeah. I have the opportunity to define reality to you. Sometimes I mean I have to be honest. I'm just being totally honest. I'm up in the morning. I'm not a morning person. If I'm bombarded with too much yeah. question questioning, I'm like, bro, I need to, I can't even function. But yeah. but here's an opportunity in the midst of my dysfunction and lack of patience in the morning to define you frame it like that. I'm all in. I'm like, let me, let me define yeah. because in this culture, someone else is going to define your reality. They're going to ask somebody else. They're going to ask somebody else. So here's my opportunity to define reality for my kids. I love that. Yeah. But keep going. Yeah, Sorry. I had, to, I had to pause you there. That was powerful. So, so that's, that's a little bit of the book. Uh, we did do an Academy, a three month Academy. It's two months of training. And then, you go through the first month of training and then you start with a coach and the coach is called pocket coaching. So you can like message them. It's actually very emotionally intelligent uh, coaching. It's designed. So when you feel frustrated, you grab your phone and you're like, Hey, here's what just happened with the kids. Here's what's going on so that you process out loud what's actually taking place. And when you do that, you actually gain 10 to 20 IQ points and you can think again, you know, connection codes. Yeah. Similar to connection codes. Clearing the clouds of the fog, we'd call it. Clearing the clouds, clearing the fog. You can think again. And then the coach responds twice a week. And so you have four weeks just teaching, four weeks teaching. And and we do a lot of emotional intelligence in there around kids and parents. And then four weeks just with a coach. So it's three months, two months training, two months coaching, but they overlap. Love that. So it's three months. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, yep. Just so there's someone walking through with them the whole time in the academy. And then it comes with lifetime access. I do every, I do coaching every two weeks and any of the people who've gone through the academy can join in every two weeks for life. Um, yeah. So that's the academy around that. I've got other books as well. I've got um, raising spirit led kids, win-win parenting, but those Man. are the ones we're kind of aiming for right You're now. You're like the parenting guy right here. Seth Dahl, huh? the parenting guru <laughs> of the body of Christ right here. We got <laughs> we got we got uh we got uh royalty in the house today on the podcast. That's awesome, man. I you know I hear so many I you know, I haven't had the privilege of taking in any of your stuff, but I hear so many amazing reports on your content and your subject matter. So super amazing. Um, so yeah, they can get your book. We're going to put all that in the description below. Yeah. Also your masterclass, your coaching yeah. program. I'm assuming your masterclass is connected to the, the program you just mentioned. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you can get all that in the description below and uh, anything else you want to say before we close? You have like, you have like a parenting like slogan. You have like a parenting slogan. Parenting like- slogan. Yeah. This is the one that I've been brewing on over the last few weeks and i think i'm going to make it our family motto is nothing happens to us everything happens for us because god is for us Mm. and i i feel like that's one of those shifts that needs to happen in our heads is this is happening for me not to me Mm. and there's an opportunity in everything that comes you know, to go back to Paul in prison, why is this dude writing about joy in prison? Because he has God's perspective, mm-hmm. not the world's, not anybody else's. He's got yeah. God's perspective. And I think that's one, like, oh, God is so for us. He's so for family. He is a family. God is so for family that everything that happens is happening for us. 
it it helps it helps me see everything in a way that's much more healthy that's amazing so I love that's that. one that's one that i'm kind of sitting on right now i love that i love that man powerful powerful conversation thank you so much for taking time out of your day to jump thank on you. this podcast powerful i don't think i've ever done a uh, an episode on parenting we've touched it in the some of the connection code stuff that we've done but uh, never like this and so powerful man some of your some of the things that you said just want to camp out on for a little bit and ruminate on and marinate in because some of those things can when when you start digging into them break them down are life changing so i would yeah. encourage you to go back if you're listening, watching, go back, listen to this episode again, absorb what you can, take notes, jump into Seth's stuff, get his his, uh, his books, get his um, masterclass, join his program. Uh, I know it will bless and transform your leadership and parenting. And so once again, thank you to all the listeners out there. Thank you to the Supernatural Leadership family that listens to our podcast and uh, I'm so excited that you're with us on this journey today. We talked about supernatural parenting and uh, I just believe that everyone has a leader within. So let's make that leader a little more supernatural. Seth, thank you so much for coming on and hope to see you again. Yes, me too. Thanks Pod- for having me. No problem. Podcast family. We'll see you soon. If this podcast has been an investment into your life and or impacted you in any way, we are incredibly thankful. We would love for you to join us in being able to continue bringing leadership content like this every month. Of course, it does not come without a cost, and our heart is to continue bringing you more improved quality and content. If you would like to partner with us with a one-time financial gift or to sign up as a monthly partner, you can do so at kingdomculture.ca. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast.